Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. We're talking about saints and heroes. And talk about saints and heroes. I've got with me Kimberly Majeski. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you, Jim? I'm good. And Kimberly, you're kind of saintly, I think. Oh, I. you better watch it. I uh, don't know what people listening will think of that <laughs> adjective attached to my name. <laughs> I'm just saying you walk with Jesus. And mm. actually, there's a sense in the New Testament that anyone who walks with Jesus, who's redeemed by the blood of Jesus, has faith in Christ as Lord. They're saints. We're all saints when we become Christians. But there's also a sense of saints that are just like a class of people in history that have done such extraordinary things that we remember them. They're heroes. Mm -hmm. They're heroic. And I think we live in a time when we could just use a few more heroes, Mm. a few more saints and heroes, and how about combinations of both? Now, I just lightheartedly said you're a saint and a hero, but you walk with Jesus, Kimberly, and you also have some heroic adventures and your passion, uh, not just as a faculty member at university, but also on the front lines fighting human trafficking and working in strip clubs and so on, where you're working to build relationships and, and help people find a way into a different life. I mean, that's heroic, I'd say. Well, I would say that's just biblical, right? You follow Jesus and you um, study his life, then you have to live it out to be in step with him. So, yeah. There's a kind of irresistible draw the closer you get to Jesus to have an eye for people who may be in difficulty and need help. And that's that's the story we're going to unpack today. A very extraordinary woman from the 19th century who is celebrated on a calendar in the Church of England in the Anglican Communion, the Protestant group of believers all around the world on March 26th. Her name is Harriet Monsell. I promise you when you hear her story, you're going to be inspired. Stay with us. Harriet Monsell was born in Ireland, the County Clare, in 1811. And uh, there are several church families in the Christian faith that have calendars where they assign certain days to remember saints and heroes. There's the Roman Catholic liturgical calendar that has many saint days. The Eastern Orthodox churches have their own calendar, sometimes similar to the Roman Catholic, sometimes a little different. Uh, The Anglicans, the Church of England, and all those churches around the world that descended from that branch, they have a calendar. The Lutheran Church has a calendar. It's not Uh, just an exclusively a Roman Catholic phenomenon. It's not just an Orthodox phenomenon. It's also a Protestant phenomenon. And we here in this series at Viewpoint about, well, we're considering saints and heroes, are looking at folks who are celebrated in that Anglican Protestant calendar. And March 26th is the day that Harriet Monsell is remembered. Now, this is not a name that everyone will know, but man, her story is worth knowing. As she was growing up, she was uh, living in a very noble household. By that, I mean her family had status, they had wealth, they had position. Her grandfather, her father, and her brother would all serve as members of parliament at Westminster in London, representing the County Clare, then in Ireland, uh, still a part of the United Kingdom in those days, in the 19th century. And uh, her family was, well, was gilded, you might say. She also was born into a house that was very devout, though, Kimberly, uh, you know what this is like when you have a house that's framed uh, by people of faith. Mm -hmm. And her mom was a woman of deep faith. So was her dad. And she, she grew up in this nurturing environment. And she decided to marry a pastor. So she marries Mm -hmm. a guy uh, who is an Anglican clergyman. He's going to grad school. 
and he ultimately is assigned to the Limerick Cathedral in the county Limerick in Ireland, and she's alongside, and all's well until he dies. She's just 39 when he dies, and he has uh, a disease that claims his life. They have no children. She's suddenly a widow. Now she's at a crossroads. Mm-hmm. What to do? Yeah, and here's where it gets interesting, right? <laughs> I mean, think about what her options are, Kimberly. You right. can imagine what would her options be. Retire to the countryside in one of the homes my family owns, put my feet up, let the servants bring me tea. That's what I could imagine. <laughs> I uh, could be tempted by it. Yes, <laughs> but that's not what she does. And she's only 39, which, you know, in the context of her of her time and her culture, was still young enough that she might have married again. Right. And, and found another suitable uh, arrangement of domestic tranquility, but that's not what she chooses either. Somehow the Holy Spirit calls her, and she finds herself in a little village called Cluer. That's C-L-E-W-E-R. It's just outside Windsor Castle in England. And at Cluer, there's a place called the House of Mercy. And there's this woman who had been a Spanish immigrant to England, and she had a heart for prostitutes and unwed moms. And she established this house of mercy as a kind of way station for these vulnerable women. And she's growing older, and she's in poor health. And this young woman, who is now a widow, Harriet Monzel, comes alongside and says, can I help? And she said, of course. And pretty soon, some other women came alongside to help. And then three women, Harriet and two of her friends, decided we're going to create a religious order. Let's take some vows. And they chose the vows of St. Augustine. It's called the Rule of Augustine, written about the year 400 AD. Mm-hmm. And it's like eight disciplines of religious community life. And they just, they're Protestants, they're not Catholic, mm-hmm. but they just think this Augustine's got something. And they formed, the three of them formed this little community of sisters to help Jesus help these women. Mm, I love that. And, and then what happens is, The gal who started the House of Mercy hands it off to them, and they then take it over. And in no time, there aren't just 30 women. That's how many were there when Harriet arrived on the scene. Soon there were 80 women, all of them former prostitutes or unwed mothers, which in the context of their time, this is 19th century England, this is the age of Dickens, they are completely without any hope or helping hand. Where else would they go? And here they are, and they're loving. Harriet and her sisters are loving on them. And Harriet is is remarkably remembered as someone of great humor. It's not often you find a woman in the 19th century <laughs> who is remembered for the way in which she made people smile mm. and for her wit and her wisdom. But she also engaged people in person with correspondence. She had a wide network. Again, born to privilege, she knew a lot of people. Right. The Lord doesn't waste anything. And That's she right. starts writing letters. Can you help me with this? Can you mm-hmm. with? There's more people here that need help. We're mm-hmm. doing this for Jesus. And pretty soon, this little group of three becomes a religious community called the Community of St. John the Baptist. And in no time, it's expanding and growing. And well, just in a few years, there are over 40 institutions of these sisters who are a Protestant group of women who have alleged themselves together for Jesus' sake to help the poor and most vulnerable. They establish hospitals and orphanages. They have homes for women who are destitute and vulnerable. They are spanning not only the United Kingdom, but in the United States and in India, across the globe. In no time, there are 3,000 women who are alleged to this community. That means these are women who've become sisters within this community, and they're all dedicated to helping these poor. It's a remarkable story. And Harriet gives her whole life to this, and the fruit of her labor in just a quarter century— 
is transformational on three continents. It's no wonder that when she died on Easter Sunday in 1883, people immediately said, we must never forget her story. Mm, yeah. And so she died on that Easter Sunday, and 26 March is the day set aside to remember this saint, mm. this hero. As we think about her life, I just cannot escape a passage in the book of James in the New Testament, which talks about what pure religion is. Remember that Harriet grew up in a house of privilege. Her family was very devout. They were churchgoers and, I presume, loved Jesus. She married an Anglican pastor, a a minister, a pastor, and, and they served at a cathedral and I'm imagining how that looked. The Limerick Cathedral is quite a thing still today in Ireland. But something more was stirring in her. It was not enough for her simply to make sure there were church services going on. She had to get her fingers dirty in this world of such brokenness. And that's what brings me to James, because James talks about what real devotion is. This is not in any way to disparage work with the church and, and church services. But James understood that all of that was not really useful if it was not in the context of following in the footsteps of Jesus. There are some verses in James that pull this out, and all I can think about is Harriet when I read this. I know it's right in front of you there, Kimberly. What does it say? These are from the first and second chapters of James. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. This is it. This is what I love. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. There will be no mercy in chapter 2, verse 13, for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. It's a startling passage, really, because so much of what we imagine to be holy and pure is a bit of a a trim on the core garment, Mm -hmm. which is to help people who are desperate and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And somehow Harriet got that, and she just gave her life to it. I'm reminded uh, of going to the supermarket when I just heard you reading that, Kimberly, because I love orange juice. And uh, I like orange juice with extra pulp. And, you know, I want some juice you can put your teeth into. Right. <laughs> so I know that's not, that's not everybody's game. But for me, that's what I want. And I love that orange juice. It's not pasteurized. You know, it, it's like that fresh squeezed juice in a bottle. It's not cheap. But, oh, it's so delicious, really a treat. But when I go to the supermarket and look for it, it's always on a shelf with 
all other kinds of orange drinks. So there's there's like high C and right, there's right, right. from there, concentrate. There's concentrate. Oh that's right. And <laughs> there's some that's flavored artificially and some that just looks orange but doesn't have any orange in it at all. <laughs> no, there's this whole thing and they're all of them are orange juice. But honestly, there's only one that's really orange juice. Mm-hmm. And that this verse kind of speaks to me about yes. that. That there are all kinds of ways you can see religion on a shelf. You can yes. see faith displayed. And it might be you're just drinking high C, no pejorative there on high C, but it's not really orange juice in the way that that orange juice with extra pulp is. Mm-hmm. And I want to be sure that I am living my faith like orange juice with extra pulp. I want to be the real, authentic thing. And Harriet Monzel is celebrated as a hero, and she was heroic. And nobody knows. To this day, no one can count the thousands of women and children who found life and hope in a future because she gave her life to this sisterhood that gave its life to creating doorways and passageways for women and children desperate to find their way forward. You know, it strikes me that this passage from James is connected, of course, to what we read in the Old Testament and through to the New Testament, this idea that the people of God were called on to take care of those who were the least of these, right? So consistently through Scripture, that is the widows and orphans, um, the aliens, and um, the poor, And so here in the New Testament, it's like James wants to spell that out again. And I will tell you that there's just something about serving women and children who are vulnerable, who are at risk, who are in suffering, that brings you close to Christ himself in a way that you cannot otherwise know. And um, this is what James is talking about. It's not that other places in Scripture this isn't this isn't the intent, but it's it's as if James wants to say this very clearly so you don't miss it. And somehow Harriet Monsell found that um, in her purpose and in her life, and it seemed to have been fulfilling for her, and um, of course changed the world as she knew it. It gave her life. And this is the part that sometimes we miss, that when we want to find life, we mm-hmm. have to give life. Yes. And I wholly cooperate what you've just described, Kimberly, because I've had moments in my life where I felt Jesus was so close to me, mm-hmm. where I was actually like physically in his presence. Mm-hmm. And those moments are more often than not when I'm actually helping someone who cannot help themselves or who doesn't know what to do next. Or I put myself in a position of vulnerability to help them, and it's when I feel closest to the Lord. And often people wonder, is that Jesus thing real? Is is this really a, a dynamic living experience with Christ? When we talk about a relationship with Christ, is it just an emotional high or what? And just as you said, when we move into that position where Harriet moved, of, of actually reaching down and helping and watching for and seeing people that otherwise we might just pass by mm. when we become the instrument of Jesus' own hands and healing touch. Wow, that's when you experience the dynamic of a resurrected Christ most completely, it seems to me. And the world is waiting for some more Harriets, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, maybe for people like Kimberly and Jim to dive even deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you, wherever you live right now, you have some opportunity. You're you're driving by someone right now that may need some help. This is not just about a moment 
a kind of throwaway moment where you just give a handout in the minute, though sometimes that's very appropriate. It's about thinking and and devoting and for a lifetime creating ways and passageways. That's what you do, Kimberly, in your work with human trafficking and young women who have been embraced by this culture that uses them and abuses Mm -hmm. them. It's not just a handout in the moment. It's a, it's a way forward. You've thought it through. Harriet thought it through. She gave her life to something that was systemic that could represent Jesus and his way, and he blessed it. Our lives could be heroic if we would just choose to embrace the opportunity. How about you? How do you start? You start by surrendering into the hand of Jesus himself so that you can start being remade in his image, so your mind can be reframed like his own, so your eyes can see what he sees. You can do all that by starting with us right now in prayer. Take a deep breath and know that God is listening. Our Father, today we're so thankful for the story of Harriet Monsell. It's not a person I know, I could not have even imagined. But as I've studied her story, Lord, I've been so impressed and inspired by what you can do with a life. And I pray that our lives might be used in similar ways for great good. We know, Lord, that Jesus is the reason why Harriet gave her life as she did, and we know that Jesus is the reason that empowered her. It's the person of Jesus and the spirit of Jesus that makes it possible. And Lord, help us to be heroes. Help us to be saints in a way that pleases you. Fill us with Jesus. We surrender our lives and admit that we are broken and flawed. Make us new. We thank you for the work of Jesus on the cross and pray that he will possess us and recreate us. I pray, Lord, that for those listening to us and praying with us right now, that there might be heroic opportunities and visions that are made, delivered from heaven to earth now, to us. Thank you for hearing our prayer, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to know more about how you can be transformed by Jesus, give us a call. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. 24 hours a day and seven days a week, we're by the phone, always glad to hear from you. But Kimberly, if someone wanted to first check us out online, what's our web address? Yes, you'll find us at cbhviewpoint.org. And if you send us a message there, we'll respond. That's CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are, cbhviewpoint.org. Read about the ministry online, send us an email. Or at the last, if you prefer, just write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, check us out online, or use the post, please let us hear from you this week. Thanks for being with us today. So glad to be here. And we're so thankful that you were alongside. We hope you'll join us again for next week's edition, our last in this installment of Saints and Heroes. For all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned. <laughs>